So we are almost there. Um, the bar exam is in exactly five days, including today. Um, and I think that this podcast is necessary to go ahead and talk about those commonly missed rules that we keep missing or that we should know by now. I'm reading from a sheet of paper called Stuff I Should Know for the Bar Exam, and it contains all of the rules of the subjects that I commonly miss the rules for. So we're going to start with constitutional law, and I'm going to read off until I get to the end. So constitutional law, you need to know that interpreting federal and state constitutions coextensively is not adequate in independent state grounds. Law impinging on the right to practice a trade or profession, for example, a barber license, invokes the due process clause of the 14th Amendment, thus the state's denial of a property right in this business license raises a federal question. We also need to know that judges for special courts do not have protections of Article 3, such as life tenure and guarantee for no reduction in salary. For example, tribunal judges are Article 1 judges and not protected under Article 3. The agency that dispenses funds who is free not to follow a court's judgment means the court is only issuing an advisory opinion. This is unconstitutional. Congress can restrict the U.S. Supreme Court's appellate jurisdiction. Garbage collectors fall under a civil service job and is not part of the exception for participation in self-government. Unless authorized by statute or the governing documents, a community may not impose restrictions on the structures or landscaping of a home. Even though the state law largely copied a federal statute, the claim is created by state law and the state courts may interpret the state law however they like, with no implications for how the federal law should be or will be interpreted. Article 3 states that the court has original jurisdiction in cases involving ambassadors, ministers, and councils, and in cases where the state is a party. If someone has a federal license, they have the right to do what they wish in the state with that license, despite state law. Restrictions of signs, regardless of content, does not trigger strict scrutiny, but must be substantially related to an important government interest and leave open alternative channels of communication. Congress does not have the power to regulate commerce with foreign nations. The Supreme Court cannot review a decision if the state court rested its decision in part on interpretation of its own state constitution, which would then be an adequate and independent state ground. The 14th Amendment's Enforcement Clause applies to congressional regulation of state action. The Enforcement Clause would therefore not support the application of a federal statute to private individuals and entities. There is generally no First Amendment right of access to records kept by the executive branch. An ordinance requiring business to install floodlights is not a per se taking because it does not force a private landowner to allow a third party to enter and place a physical object on the land and the ordinance does not involve a physical invasion of private property by a third party. To clarify, a per se taking is the possessory taking, the very literal sense of I'm invading your property physically. Under the Penn Central test for taking, 
the court must balance the economic impact of the regulation on the claimant, the extent to which the regulation has interfered with the claimant's investment-backed expectations, and the character of the governmental action. An exaction is not a taking if there's an essential nexus between the public need or burden to which the proposed development contributes and the permit condition exacted by the city. The government makes some sort of individualized determination that the required dedication is roughly proportional, both in nature and extent to the impact of the proposed development. So exaction or permit is not a taken if there's an essential nexus and if the government makes some sort of determination that the required um, dedication is roughly proportional in nature and extent to the impact of the proposed development. Not even the Commerce Clause or the Spending Clause gives Congress the power to commandeer a state to pass a specific legislation. And lastly in con law, the woman's fundamental right to travel interstate includes the right to be treated equally with other residents of the state in the state where she lives, even if she's a new resident. You'll see fundamental right to travel being triggered when a woman is being denied the right to abortion in a certain state versus another state or right to medical services for some reason. Contracts. When a contractor is injured due to a total breach, they can generally recover expectancy damages. The course of dealing applies over a written contract. Consideration can be in the form of incurring time and expenses. A resale to another buyer does not compensate for lost sale. You do not need to be directly benefiting to have received valid consideration. For example, if a father promises to pay a daughter's loan, if someone gives a daughter $1,000, the father might not be directly benefiting, but there is valid consideration because someone is promising the father in exchange for him paying them $1,000. A promise will not fall under the statute of frauds where the principal purpose of making the guarantee was to benefit the promisor himself. Time is ordinarily not of the essence in a land sale contract. The enforcement of a debtor's promise is a long established exception to the pre-existing duty rule. The surety ship clause does not allow, sorry, does not apply where the surety promise was made to the principal and not to the obligee. If you do not provide adequate assurances after a reasonable demand within a reasonable time not to exceed 30 days, this counts as a repudiation. Consideration must be bargained for. Saving someone without being asked is not enough. And where the contract is silent as to place of delivery, tender does not require delivery to the buyer's place of business, but only to make goods available at the seller's place of business for the buyer to take delivery. Requirements contracts can arise without specific quantity terms. It just needs to be sufficiently definite for a court to enforce. When a contract right is assigned to a party gratuitously without receiving anything in exchange, the assigner retains the power to revoke the assignment if done prior to receiving payment from the obligor or before the assignee has relied on the assignment or brought suit to enforce it. A reasonable period governs an offeree's power of acceptance. 
In some cases find that parties mutually agreed to rescind the original contract and then after rescission entered into an entirely new contract for a higher price, then that new contract is now supported by consideration. If a court applies the rule in Restatement 89, the critical issues will be read whether the modification was in fact fair and equitable and whether it can be justified in light of unanticipated circumstances. No consideration is required under Article 2 of the UCC for good faith contract modifications. And then time is not of the essence unless there's a time is of the essence clause inserted into the contract. This stuff seems very, very obvious when you actually read it out loud. Parole evidence is admissible when examining an oral modification of a pre-existing written contract. And lastly for contract, a breaching party is entitled to recover in restitution for the responsible value, sorry, reasonable value of the benefit conferred on the non-breaching party in the way of part performance, less any damages that the non-breaching party suffered due to the breach. Now we're going to go on to torts. In a defamation action that involves a matter of public concern, the plaintiff must establish more than mere negligence with regard to the truth or falsity of the allegedly defamatory statement. They must establish that the defendant acted with actual malice. There's no need to prove negligent design for strict liability, only one, that they were a commercial supplier, and two, that a defective product and proximate cause of the injury and damages are involved. Now, if there's no special relationship, there's no vicarious liability. Even if entered due to an emergency, actors are still responsible to pay for the damages when asserting private necessity. Punitive damages are generally not recoverable in negligence cases unless additional proof is offered that the defendant was wanton and willful, reckless, or malicious. Assumption of the risk can be a complete defense to strict liability. Defamation per se is a communication that's false on its face. Although a defendant is usually not liable for criminal acts by third parties, this is not the case where such criminal activity was reasonably foreseeable at the time of the defendant's negligence. How far is... I read something that wasn't supposed to be read. I'm sorry. Strict liability can only be imposed on a seller for the sale of the product that is in a defective condition or unreasonably dangerous to the user and results in injury. They would not amount to the status of a public figure just because he is known in the area. Economic damages are generally beyond the scope of strict liability. Punitive damages are generally not recoverable in negligence cases unless additional proof is offered that the defendant was reckless or malicious, wanton, and willful. A special situation arises when a common carrier, such as an airline to affirmatively act to protect passengers from foreseeable risk caused by its own conditions. A quick claim deed even when the holder is aware that their claim to property is doubtful, is sufficient consideration to form a contract. Intent for intentional infliction of emotional distress does not require that the defendant purposefully cause the emotional distress. And you can't disregard an obvious risk when you're trespassing. And lastly for torts, a claim for defamation must prove that there was a defamatory communication of fact 
made about the plaintiff, published to a third person who understood it was defamatory and a resulting harm to the plaintiff. In the case of slander, which is verbal defamation, the plaintiff has to just prove special damages or they must prove pecuniary damages. Civil procedure. Corporate defendants are deemed to reside in any state where there is subject to personal jurisdiction, even if it's different from the principal place of business or place of incorporation. Federal court and diversity must apply choice of law where the federal court is situated. The plaintiff can demand a jury trial, but not the defendant. Claim preclusion or race judicata and issue preclusion or collateral estoppel. A misnomer is where the defendant is merely referred to by an erroneous name, like Gloria rather than Lori. Trying to sue a completely different person is not a mere misnomer. If legal and equitable claims are joined, the legal claim should be tried first to a jury. And in federal diversity cases, if there's a federal procedural law on point, then that rule applies. Only defendants can exercise the right of removal, when an issue or claim was litigated in one action and then reappears in a subsequent action, as a general rule, only parties and their privies, privities present in the first action will be precluded from litigating the issue or claim. Thus, a person who is not a party or in privity with a party in the first action will not be bound by preclusion and can relitigate any issue or claim. You have 14 days after the answer to the complaint is filed for any jury trial demands. Judgment as a matter of law is uh, substantial evidence to support the verdict standard. New trial is the against the weight of the evidence standard. And relation back applies when the original and amended pleading fall under the same conduct, transaction, or occurrence. Amending pleadings happens when justice so reply requires amending pretrial orders when necessary to prevent manifest injustice transfer of venue is a federal procedural issue federal law grants subject matter jurisdiction over alienage cases in which one party is a citizen of the united states and the other is a foreign citizen the supreme court has ruled that federal transfer statute which gives federal courts discretionary power to grant transfer motions is applicable even in diversity actions. Suit at common law equal a breach of a lease. Um, J-Mall or judgment as a matter of law is available after the party whom judgment is sought has presented all of its evidence. Removal is not allowed. The defendant is a citizen of the state in which the action was brought only if diversity is the sole basis of the district court's jurisdiction. So you can remove if it's based on a federal question can only be removed to the same state. You can't remove from state A to removing it to state B. Supplemental jurisdiction operates only after a claim has properly invoked federal subject matter jurisdiction. Courts must hold a settlement hearing to ensure the settlement is fair. Only the defendant may exercise the right of removal. No attorney-client privilege for privilege information, whether or not the attorney knew it was illegally sought. Motions for new trial must be filed no more than 28 days after the entry of the judgment. And lastly, under the federal interpleader statute, under the federal rules of civil procedure, complete diversity is required. However, under the statute, only minimal diversity is required. An amount in controversy of $500 or more 
and diversity between two contending, any two contending claimants. Criminal law. In most situations, silence is, after an arrest is too ambiguous to have any probative value, and most courts will not allow it. Privilege does not apply, sorry, privilege does apply in grand jury proceedings. Um, actions short of acquittal, for example, a mistrial, may bar retrial on double jeopardy grounds. Hot pursuit has no relevance to the determination of admissibility of the statement. Use of a non-testifying co-defendant's confession against the accused woman without providing her the opportunity to confront him about the substance of the confession violates her rights under the Confrontation Clause. If the man had testified, the woman would have had the opportunity to cross-examine. Right to counsel does not attach on new charges until formal adversarial judicial proceedings have commenced on those charges. Common law conspiracy requires both parties' intent. A valid waiver of Miranda rights must be voluntary, i.e. the product of a free, deliberate choice rather than intimidation, coercion, or deception. Police stops must be related to automobiles and safety traffic violations. An action short of a conviction or acquittal, for example, a mistrial, again, may bar retrial on double jeopardy grounds. Some of these are going to be repeated because as I got them wrong, I would type them again. And if I didn't realize that I already got them wrong, it might have gotten retyped. So if I say something twice, just ignore it. Now moving on to property. A tenant always maintains inherent right to seek partition. Conveyance using the language for the purpose that has no actual effect on the title. A life tenant commits voluntary waste by allowing someone to remove resources from the land. You can only claim adverse possession to the part of the land that you actually adversely possess. Who would have known? A non-attorney may execute a deed if they have the proper authorized authority to do so. Law of suretyship requires the payor to be personally liable on the loan. Property in a valid deed must be identified with reasonable specificity. Even when a seller has a duty of disclosure, it is only to disclose known defects. Delivery is presumed that the deed is recorded. You can make a valid transfer as a joint tenant, but they take as a tenant in common. Possession, improvements, and payment are examples of partial performance. You can assign your executory interest to someone. Inconvenient access does not mean there's a necessity. Access issues only relate to easements by necessity. Fully performing under an oral agreement is an exception to the statute of fraud requirement. The seller is required to disclose defects to the buyer, not just their agent, even if the buyer is using the same agent. Subject to the understanding that within one year, end quote, expresses an agreement between the parties as opposed to a limitation on the fee simply, simple conveyed. In order to establish a constructive eviction, the tenant must prove that the landlord breached a duty to the tenant, such as a duty to repair, and that the landlord's breach caused a loss of the substantial use and enjoyment of the premises. Restrictive covenants are not affected by the rule of perpetuities. No title to convey when, you're, when it's gained through adverse possession. Warranty of habitability is implied in a new home and where a tenant was not released by the landlord, the tenant remains liable on privity of contract. The warranty of marketable title is implied in all land sale contracts. And if the licensing fee is for the purposes of re raising re revenue, that was a mouthful, let me repeat that. If the licensing fee is for the purposes of raising revenue, then the contract is generally enforceable. Evidence. 
For the learned treatise exception to apply, the expert witness must first testify to it. A, a misunderstanding about the standard of proof by one juror is in, inadmissible as grounds for a new trial because a juror may not testify about the effect of anything on jury votes or mental processes concerning the verdict. Prior and consistent statements are inadmissible as substantive evidence unless they were given under oath. The jury can only consider passages read to it by counsel or a witness. Present recollection recorded requires the witness to be completely devoid of memory. Preliminary questions on admissibility is what the judge rules on. And although testimony about a witness's prior and consistent unsworn statement would be considered hearsay, it can actually be used to impeach the witness. Although experts may rely on hearsay in reaching a conclusion, the probative value of the letter would not be great enough to outweigh the substantial risk of prejudice and confusion in showing it to the jury. Statements are not testimonial if the evidence demonstrates that a reasonable and objective primary purpose of both the caller and the listener was to address an ongoing emergency. Statements of fact concerning personal or family history contained in family bibles, genealogies, tombstones, etc. are admissible hearsay. Criminal law. Miranda warnings do not need to be given during a traffic stop. Voluntary intoxication can be a defense of specific intent crime if it negated the requisite mens rea. Solicitation is completed once the per person invites, requests, commands, hires, or encourages another person to commit a particular offense with the intent that that offense be committed. Being required to speak at a lineup while compelled is not testimonial or communicative evidence. Communicative evidence. The police cannot avoid prescriptions of the Fourth Amendment simply by having someone else conduct the search or seizure at their direction. For example, getting a person to conduct a warrantless, probable causeless search instead of them doing it themselves doesn't get them around the Fourth Amendment requirement. When a defendant raises an alibi defense, he is intending to negate an element of the crime. The prosecution then still maintains the burden beyond a reasonable doubt regarding each element, so the burden does not shift the defendant as to this issue under any standard of proof. All right, family law. Personal jurisdiction over a non-resident respondent does not confer subject matter jurisdiction over child support. The Interstate Enforcement and Modification of Child Support is governed under the Uniform Interstate Family Support Act, UIFSA, which has been adopted by all states. And under the UIFSA, the state that originally issued a child support order has continuing exclusive jurisdiction to modify the order if that state remains the residence of the obligee, the child, or the obligor, and all parties do not consent to the jurisdiction of another forum. Corporations under the MBCA, shareholders may amend the bylaws when the amendment deals with proper matter for the corporation's bylaws, such as procedures for nominating directors. While shareholders can limit the board's power to amend or repeal the bylaws, the board cannot limit the shareholder's power. A shareholder may not bring derivative proceedings until written demand has been made on the corporation and 90 days have expired. The investor need not make a demand on the board if they state a direct claim, um, but the investor must make a demand on the board if they state a derivative claim on behalf of the corporation. Trust 
Cash dividends and building rents are allocable to income. Sales proceeds and stock dividends are allocable to principal. And you won't, your will won't be revoked unless the testator intended to ro- revoke the will when they wrote on it. Secure transactions, raw equipment like wood used in making material to be sold is classified as inventory. Thank you.